Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. It's Brad Eber from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Number 15 of the 50 most relevant for 2019 is new St Kilda midfielder Dan Hanabry. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope you're enjoying the countdown so far. Chatting all things Dan Han today. And I've got Jimmy from the Coaches Panel to chat about him. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. It's like I never left. It is. And uh, good to have you back on again, man. Look, I'm fascinated to talk about Dan Hanabry, 27 years old, New St Kilda midfielder recruit. And last year was one of those big falls from grace from a former fantasy premium. And that's even though he wasn't quite a fantasy premium the year before. But will this new club help him rebound to his best? That is the big question. Last it year... Really it... Just before you go any further, MJ, mm. can we just back up over something you just said there? Yes. Tell me again, how old is Dan Hanabry? Isn't he 27? He's 27? Yeah. He's not 37. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of people talking about him as though he's 37, not 27. He's still very clearly, in, from a, a football and a fantasy point of view, in the prime age of his career. Yeah, and look, maybe some of the knock on it is the fact that back at the grand final a few seasons ago when he was playing at Sydney, um, there was a, a injury there, one of probably the worst umpiring decisions I've ever seen, just quietly. The whole reason yeah. the sliding rule was brought in to prevent issues like that happened, um, ruled him out for not just the rest of the year, but really severely damaged his ability entering into the 2017 season, um, where he didn't have a, you know probably that fantasy drop-off away, but... Yeah, there's some, there's plenty to like because I do want to go th- back and talk about his history. Last year, the 92 against Melbourne in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team was his best score for the year. While in AF- in Supercoach, it was an 87. In terms of his average point, this is close to, in fact, it is his second lowest seasonal average and he's been playing AFL for now 10 years. 59.8 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. 60 in Supercoach. And that's where he's priced at. Not because he's got a discount, because that's what he delivered for us. So he's going to set you back just over 325000 in Supercoach and just over 430000 in AFL Fantasy, while a touch under that in AFL Dream Team. Let's remind ourselves, at his best, before we talk about the injuries, before we talk about the down years, let's remind ourselves who he is. He is a running machine who is more than capable of winning the ball inside the contest, then with his endurance rather than line-breaking speed, he's got some wheels, but it's his endurance, gets his way to the next stoppage, gets his way to the next contest, collecting another possession, and this is where he leaves his opponents in his wake. A fit and firing Dan Hanabry is made for these new rules of the game. He's perfect for the St. Kilda midfield because he can win in the contest and impact on the outside. He's a phenomenal player and an All-Australian Premiership player. And yes, he's had some injuries, but when he's firing, he's a joy to watch. He is, and he's only 27. He's um, Look, it, there's a, a lot to like about him, and, and I don't want to keep harping on that because there's, um, there are still a lot of reasons not to pick him and yeah. why a lot of people might be a bit cautious after the last two years. But it's amazing how quickly we forget what these players have done in the past and, and what they can do with a, a full preseason and the right role at the right club. 
look, it, last year was a Dan year for Dan Hanbury. Part of the reason was he basically had no preseason whatsoever, interrupted due to a calf injury, and and at times during 2017 as well, he struggled with a, a little bit of a groin complaint that he was kind of managing through, and that was coming back from the knee injury, you know, that impacted and ended his grand final. But last year. Every key indicator for Dan Hanabry was down. And probably the most prominent number was amount of um, kilometers he tracked per game. His GPS numbers, especially in those first 10 games of the year, were well down below his best. He failed to score 100. And you've got to go back to his debut season of 2009 for that to be said about Dan Hanabry. That's how disappointing last year was for Dan. There were moments, there were glimpses of time last year where we thought, or maybe, or maybe we'll see the best of him. And probably the greatest glimpse came in that elimination final loss against GWS, where he picked up 24 possessions, 17 kicks, um, a couple of tackles, a couple of marks on the outside. In fact, his highest mark count that game for the entire year was eight and a 98 in AFL Fantasy and a, and a 96 in Supercoach. So he, he started to slowly get back there. Yes, no tons. Yes, no crazy scores. But he started to get there. And the big reason for a slow year was a lack of preseason, no match conditioning, and it was still battling to get it to his full health. And we didn't see that at all last year because of that interrupted preseason last year. Let's not even go back to his big years. Let's go back to his 2017 year. That was the year he was managing a, a groin issue throughout most of the year. But yet in Supercoach, he still managed to average 97 and scored 100 or more on 11 occasions. AFL Fantasy, again, managing a groin issue. 94 AFL Fantasy and Dream Team nine tons across the year. We're paying for a guy that, depending on your format, is around about that 60 mark. And yet, even in a injury-impacted year, back in 2017, he's still going mid-90s. Not not freaking bad, hey? There's, um, no, I think there's, there's value in him. You don't, and, and at the price that he's at, there's plenty enough meat on the bone that even if he doesn't get to that nine, you know, mid-90s mark, mm. if, all he delivers is mid eighties, and and surely a, enough. a fit Dan Hanabry delivers mid eighties. Surely. Well, that's um, the thing is because last year he wasn't fully fit. He was really at about fifty percent in twenty seventeen. He was probably going about eighty five percent, and he's going nineties. Yeah. That's it. So if we can trust him to give us eighties, even for the first five or six weeks, you know, seven weeks, he he becomes a pretty viable stepping stone given his price. And the price of premiums this year is higher again than we've ever yeah. seen it before with it's the true. way that the game has changed. Um, we need that type of player to give us a little bit of something. Um, and it only takes one or two bigger scores in that rolling average to, to get a pretty decent price jump. Well, yeah. And, and suddenly you're within reach of a, you know, a genuine premium option. Because you're right. You know, to go and get yourself a McRae, to get a Grundy, to get a Laird, a Lloyd, a Dangerfield, it's so much salary cap. Then maybe you're keen on a Kelly or a Cripps uh, or an Oliver in your side or a Nat Fife in, in Supercoach. Then all of a sudden you're, you're eating more. Value's got to be found somewhere. And yes, our, our cash cows help us with that. But there is so much value in every single line this year. We've got a guy priced at a 60 who, yes, has had some injury concerns last year, but a fit Dan Hanabry 
there is no way he does not go 80 plus because even after that injury affected year 2015 and 2016 didn't miss a game he averaged 113 across both those seasons in Supercoach. It was a 110 for one of those years, his AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, and a 108 the following year in 2016. So that's a reminder of what he can do. Yes, I know it's two, three years gone now, and we've got to only look at the most recent form history. But why was last year so bad? Um, it's because he was genuinely struggling to use his key weapon as a footballer, which is his endurance, to get to contest, to contest, to contest, to contest. And when your key weapon is removed from you, no matter what you are as a footballer, you come back to the pack. And for him, the thing that got him so many possessions, whether it be on the inside or the outside, the thing that got him, you know, those cheap marks, the thing that got him on the end and, and those score link-ups was about the fact that he had an ability to get to every single contest because he's an endurance athlete. He couldn't do that last year. That's it. And this year, all going well, he should be able to do that an awful lot better than he did last year. And again, he may not get back to his best, um, but he doesn't have to in order to be relevant. And I think that's the key thing that we need to, to drive home with him there. Um, and the other thing, too, is that at the price that he's at and hmm. the position on your field that you're picking him, if he doesn't work in the first couple of weeks and you look at him and you go, you know what, maybe that was a mistake, Yeah, you can downgrade him to the best rookie that you didn't get because you, you, you will you miss wanna... one. In some yeah. capacity, you'll miss one. It may not be the best one, but there's no. one that you go, oh, yeah, probably would love to have that. You, you downgrade from Hannah's, there's 150K right there. That's it. You add to your bank, you pick up the rookie who's going to add to your bank again as he goes up. You burn a trade in doing so. Sure. It's not burning the trade when it's valuable and helps you get closer to the team that you need to have to win the competition. So it's there's no downside to him from that point of view because there's no way... There's no world in which Hanover doesn't average more than 60 this year. Oh, gosh, no. No other chance. Um, to be honest, I don't think there's a world in which he averages less than 80. And I, I'm trying not to talk him up too much. But again, as a worst-case scenario, he makes you some money. Or yeah. you turf him quickly for the player that you missed. And whether that's the rookie or whether it's the mid-pricer that he's scoring hundreds. Yep, um, Miles, Liberatore. Miles the other day. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, and of Liber, there's others. Um you can at least get the chance to look at him um, if you're confident and make that decision from there. Um, but all going well, if he scores in those 80s, 90s, or even nudges 100 in the first few weeks, then um, there's money. we're on to a winner. Yeah, there, there's and some serious money. money. Yeah, look, he, he did pre-Christmas. There was a, an injury scare with his hamstring at moments. He did go away for scans, the positive. Nothing came up, so it was just pure tightness. The club were being rightly so with a guy that's had kind of the lingering injury concerns of varying kinds with the groin, the knee, and the calf over the yeah. past 24 months, being super cautious with their star recruit. Um, but he's done most of, if not all of the sessions pre-Christmas. He was involved in the match simulation that they did uh, just a handful of days ago now uh, and really was helping structure up that young midfield group. I know they've got some older players that rolled through there like a Jack Stephen, and if you can crack the 22, I don't think he does, but a David Armitage might help there. But it's it's guys like Ross, Steele, um, Dunstan, um, Billings, uh, Gresham. The, these are all very, you know, sub-23-year-old 23 year, year old sort of players. And so coming from a, a premiership, strong culture at Sydney, late 20s, you know, worked with some of the best midfielders in, in the game, like a former teammate in Josh Kennedy. 
he's doing the work on the field as a coach. He's winning the ball. He's getting on the outside. He does both of those with his endurance. And he's completing as much of the preseason as you'd expect um, him to do. So for me, he's locked in in Supercoach. He's locked in in AFL Fantasy. And he's in a battle with Anthony Miles because I've only got one spot um, in the way I'd like to roll my dream team structure. He's in a bottle a battle for that spot, and maybe Miles will win because he's got a later buy round, which may help me a little bit more. But there's probably a a fit Hanbury, a fully fit Hanbury, may have that bigger ceiling. But it's going to be really, really interesting because at that price, the impact is so minimal. Because you're right, you either jump across to the mid pricer that's flying, or you downgrade to the cash cow you missed, or you're getting a guy going nineties at a price of sixties. That's it. There's you know, there's no real way that you lose on that um, unless Touch Woody breaks his leg halfway through the first quarter of round one. But uh, assuming that doesn't happen, we're all set. Yep, he's so, going I, along nicely. No, that's it. So I think yeah, the only reason you're not picking him is if you like another mid pricer more, um, whether that's Miles or Libra or whoever else. Sure. Um, or if um, he doesn't work at all for your buy structure and you're particularly anal about that sort of thing at this time of year. Um, or if you're really that concerned about his injury history that you just can't do it um, for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel comfortable in your team. And that's fair enough. I wouldn't talk anyone out of it from that point of view. But uh, personally, I think there's enough meat on the bone and there's enough of a backup plan yeah. that uh, I'm quite comfortable taking that risk with him. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. In a draft, though, I'll, I'll be honest. I've seen some in keeper leagues, some fascinating trades that have involved Dan Hannery, some where they value him not at all and he's just the cannon fodder thrown away. I've seen some other trades in other keeper leagues where he's being valued towards what he did, you know, in 2016 going that 110 sort of average. So it's really interesting, and I feel like he's that guy in a single season league. It's probably about right to get him as an M7, but I feel like someone may jump really, really early on him, and other drafts may not even realize he's on the board if they're using, you know, last season's averages. Yeah, that's it. And I think most most coaches um, or most serious coaches will go into a draft with an idea of who, if they don't have a full sheet of rankings, they'll have an idea of the players that they want at certain parts of the draft and um, keep that little list. And so he won't slip by too many. Um, yeah. I think he'll be drafted in just about every draft by someone. Um, and it's just going to be a matter of when. As you said, someone's bound to jump early on him. And, and whenever that happens, it's going to be a bit of a feeling of, oh, gee, I'm glad I didn't go that just that early. But he could easily prove you wrong. Um, and look, he may end up not being the anywhere near what we think he will. But mm. he's that sort of player where coming into those sort of mid to later draft rounds where you are picking him against those players of a similar calibre, um, you know, who, who you think, well, they're probably in that sort of 80-ish type range. Yeah. And yeah, throw the miles and the liver, the same guys we're talking about from a salary point of view, um, you know, into that equation and go, well, do I want them or do I want Hanabry? And he becomes very relevant at that time as well. So I think um, with the ceiling he's got and the results he's delivered before, he makes a little more sense to me than some of those others. But yeah, I think that's where he goes ahead of them. Well. Yeah, when you're yeah. looking at guys that are in that 80 range in terms of seasonal averages, which may be your last spot or so on the field, depending, again, how deep your league is, um, on field, how many coaches, you know, all that sort of thing. When you start looking for guys that have the potential to push an average of 90 that you need to either get on the field or fill your bench, that's where Hanabry goes. If he's an M5... Yeah. You're going crazy. Um, M6, you probably feel a little bit dirty, but you could probably justify it. M7, 
not too bad. Bench cover, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't know I if I'll get him there, right. but I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that's it. But then when you're coming into those late rounds and you've got players like, I don't know, Rory Atkins or, or Reese Conker or yeah. um, you know, that type of, of midfielder that you know is a safe and steady 70 to 80 probably type mm. um, as an option, or you've got a Dan Han who averaged a lot less last year but for valid reasons and could do a lot more, you're picking Hanabry every time. Yeah, you are. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. you're going to be picking him before that point comes. Um, and it's just a matter of whether somebody jumps first. Um, yep. And someone's bound to. Yep, someone is. Uh, but that's it. But he's an interesting type of player to target in the keeper, as you said. If the current coach is well and truly sick of the the scores he has delivered in the last couple of years and thinks he's on a sinking ship and somehow figures he's 37 instead of 27 years old, then um, he's a great player to try and make a, a sneaky little inquiry about. Yeah, if you can get him on uh, on the real cheap in a keeper league, because obviously you've got to find a way to mm. keep him through um, the the kind of the draft and the trade and the list lodgement section. No, no yeah. doubt most coaches are still having to do that with Ultimate Footy not yet opening at time of recording. It will be in any day now, though, um, is you probably still have to do your draft and justify keeping him in your list. And that'll be the hard thing to be able to do. But outside of that, yeah, there, there is plenty of upside about Dan Hanabry. Um, and it'll be one definitely if you're not interested yet. He could get real hyped in the JLT. If he comes out, picks up 28 touches, bangs out some tons, gets that in-and-out yeah. midfield role, because he really does add something to that St. Kilda midfield. They they lack. Um, they're a bit one-dimensional um, yeah. in, in their midfield. He, he gives them something, along with Jack Stephen, he gives them something to that midfield that they desperately lack, which is a player that can win the ball and also hurt you on the outside. And so I think he's a, a really nice pickup for the side and good for a fantasy perspective as well, if he can get back to full fitness. Hey, man, I appreciate your thoughts on uh, Dan Han, though. No worries at all, mate. Always a pleasure. If you want to go and check out the article on him or any of the other players in the 50 most relevant, you can go and do that at coachespanel.tv. There are podcasts of all those players that we have discussed and written about, also via Spotify and iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and review. If you love what we're doing here at the Coaches Panel, you can be a part and pledge your support by joining our Patreon. The links are at coachespanel.tv. And now that the salary cap formats are open, it is getting plenty of work out uh, across all of the 50 most relevant articles and the podcast. We're inside the top 15. We land at number 14. And tomorrow, one of the biggest names of fantasy footy heading into 2019 lands. <laughs> <laughs>